0: Subscribe to Point Forward the podcast so you don't miss a thing.
1: Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTshirt.com, the go to provider for all your Tar Heel gear.
0: Welcome into the Inside Carolina Football recruiting podcast. I'm your host, Ross Martin. As always, joined by Don Callahan, our first podcast of the new year, 2020. Don, what's going on, man?
1: Uh, not too much. We haven't talked in forever. I feel like um I've missed I miss a lot of what's going on in your life. What what uh how are the holidays? (laughs) How are the holidays? What what did you do the last I guess three weeks?
0: Yeah, when you're uh when you're a single guy in your thirties, man, the holidays are a lonely time.
1: No way. You went and saw saw your family, though, right?
0: Yeah, I went to Greensboro over that weekend before, and then, of course, for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, and then I went up to cover the bowl game, and then I went up to New York for a couple days as well for, like, New Year's and stuff.
1: Well, that sounds good. I didn't do a whole lot of traveling, which is (laughs) nice, considering that all my family basically lives all over the place, so um, it was nice.
0: just came off a big work, kind of week, week, couple weeks.
1: Yeah, it seems like forever ago, but yeah, we had that span where it was like the state championships in North Carolina, the Shrine Bowl stuff, the um, the craziness right of of signing day. Yeah, so it was yeah, it was nice to just sit at home and just sit in front of the TV, watch bowl games, and not do a whole lot. So, um, what was the but... best
0: bowl game you watched?
1: <laughs> Other oh, than Ohio
0: man. State, Clemson.
1: Man, um, there was quite a few. They start to run together after a while because there's forty one of them. There was a lot that really kind of... So I'm in this I'm in this bowl thing that my family does. Um, and I just... I was doing well in the beginning and I just died because of, uh, you know, some games like, like the Virginia Tech game. Like I put a lot of points. It's, it's a confidence thing. I put a lot of points in yeah. Virginia Tech and they end up losing at the very end. So there's a lot of games like that for me. So even though they were like really good games, I kind of left really pissed off because I picked Virginia Tech thinking that... Uh, yeah, you know, they would they would go out on a high note with uh, Bud Foster, but yeah, there's a lot of situations like that that just kind of were depressing for me. But I enjoyed it still. Believe so no or answer. Not. You're not gonna provide an answer. I I just don't. I can't. I can't think of any off the top of my head. I mean, there were definitely a bunch of really good bowl games. But yeah, the Cle- well, see that the Clemson Ohio State one was another one where I had Ohio State. I had a lot of points on it, and Ohio State was winning that game, and then you know could have won it at the end, and Clemson came out. So there was a lot of situations like that where. Clearly a good game, but, you know, I didn't feel so good coming out of it. But, but
0: you know. That was a long answer and a thrilling answer as well. I only watched the UNC game. I watched Michigan, uh, Alabama, Mm -hmm. and then the two playoff games. The Minnesota-Auburn game was good. All right, good stuff. Let's get into our podcast. Oh, I have one
1: other thing I want to throw out there. I made my debut as a... Uh, girls basketball head coach. I think it's debut. Debut. <laughs> Not debut. Okay. And we lost twenty-four to eight. Golly, that's
0: got to be awful <laughs> to yeah. watch.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It was tough. Uh, they g- came out to. We came back. I guess, kind of. How sort of. your daughter again? She is going to be thirteen. That's your coach. Yeah, yeah, and she um, was my Dude. leading scorer with four points. So
0: it be weird if you're coaching like a random 13 year old girl. Yeah.
1: Team. No, I don't. I don't volunteer to coach. I don't even, I know, I know very little about basketball yeah. compared to other sports. So I, I really have spent, I spent a good majority of the holiday learning about the X's and O's of basketball. I mean, I've played this sport. I understand it, but actual X's and O's and this and that I've had to really kind of learn. And I still don't know anything about maybe, maybe Ross, you can help me out in that department. Yeah, maybe so. Uh okay. Do you want to tell our listeners what happened this morning in terms of timing? What happened this morning?
0: Well, I put the ball in your court to to oh, time. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm I still don't understand what happened because we always record at eight, eight thirty. And depending on if you have something going on, it you know, might maybe is pushed to nine. But so I just kind of assumed. And then eight thirty rolls around and there's no Ross. He's not even on his computer, and uh, so I had to reach out to him. Yeah, well, I a... was
0: I was I was putting the ball in your court because I usually set up the the time, and it's always usually me. I'm the guy who leads it and organizes it. And so I was like, hey, let me just let make Don see what happens if I don't do anything and see what this... happens. And there he goes. Time <laughs> this... passed. No Don because he was lost without me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you are kind of the guiding light for this podcast, and without you, we just get lost in the fog. There you go. All right, no more chitter-chatter. Let's get right into it. So this is going to be
0: a podcast that focuses on the 2021 class. We're putting 2020 pretty much in the rear view and looking ahead to the next cycle. I'm not too familiar with this class. I'm assuming some of our listeners are, but a lot probably aren't. So this one uh, will be a chance to kind of familiarize yourself with some of these names. And learn about them. And that's how we're going to do it. But we're going to use the top five we gave out last time to kind of guide us through. Because our top five was who are the most desirable players from that class. And so we got a lot of submissions. I think we got 19. And we're going go through those. And while doing that, Don's going to explain um, what he knows about a lot of these players. Talk about each player. And then by the end of this podcast, we'll have a good idea of probably about 10 or 15 players that UNC is really targeting in the 2021 class. Did I explain that well?
1: Yes, yes. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, we, um, we do want to recap the, the All-Star Games and Sorry. and go over the, uh, the recruiting calendar for the next couple of, of months to explain that to people. But I think it's important to mention why we are diving so deep into the 21 class because, I mean, really, if you think about it, we still have signing day. In, yeah. I guess, about a month or so. Um, but for all intents and purposes, the 2020 class is basically done. There is a small chance UNC might add, add to this class, but there's a very, very, very good chance that it won't. And it's basically all systems go for the 2021 class for uh, for UNC and, and most schools, really. Um, that's why we're, we're spending so much time this early um, and doing a little introduction on the 2021 class.
0: Yeah, so I mean, is there any chance they add anybody new in 2020?
1: There's a chance, but I I just don't see that happening. I think you know because we they are really at that reaching the top of the initial counter number that they can't go over, and I think that the staff will were would prefer that any additional guys that would count towards that initial counter number would be someone who would make an immediate impact, such as a grad transfer. And, of course, they're going to sign Elijah Burris. Is that still the case in February? That's that's the plan. Uh, Burris has some um, academic issues he needs to work out, um, but uh, and and they hope to have a better grasp on what's going on in that situation um, by that point. And, um, but right now, that's the plan, that he's going to get – his stuff in order, and, and they'll have an idea of what's going on. and He'll sign in February, but he's been committed for he's, I mean, he's the longest tenured uh commitment at this point. He, he was committed, uh, what was it, October of 2018, I think. Okay, um, all right, the all star
0: games, can you kind of walk through which ones you went to, which ones you watched, and which UNC players? Played on them, and I guess thrived. And then, you know, I heard a lot of good things about certain players over the the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, so I um I didn't go to any of them. Um, you went to the Shrine Bowl, though. Is well, I friend? actually didn't even go to the Shrine Bowl. I, oh. yeah. So I go to the Shrine Bowl practices. I, I've, okay. I mean, I've been everyone knows I've been doing this forever, and I've just learned very early on that the Shrine Bowl to go to is not a great idea because. You know, one they're not all that accommodating for the media. You got to sit in the stands in the cold or the or the wet or whatever. You don't get a whole <laughs> lot of information um, there. And then there's a chance you go there and, and you're focused on a, on a handful of guys and none of those guys do anything. And it kind of ends up being a waste. And then afterwards, all those kids are trying to get them out of there so they can go home. So interviews afterwards are not that great. So yeah. So I learned go to a bunch of practices, which is what I did, and then watch the game on on ESPN three from home and that's that's what I did for that. So, um but yeah, so I watched that on the ES, on ESPN3, watched the All-American All Bowl on NBC this past Saturday and then um watched the Under Armour All-America Ameri- All All-America game uh last Thursday. Okay, so who was in each one? All right, so the the easier ones are the All-American games. Uh Josh Downs, uh Clyde Pinder and uh Jaquarius Connelly were um, in the All-American All Bowl. That's um, and Army? That, it used to be Army. It used to okay. be U.S. Army. They're no longer the title sponsor. Um, and then for the Under Armour game, um, it was uh, Des Evans and um, and Miles Murphy. For the Shrine Bowl, UNC had eight guys in it, uh, Jefferson Boaz, Cedric Gray, um God, I'm going blank. Um, Ray, uh, Ray Rose, uh, Elijah Burris, uh, Jaquarius Conley was also in that. Um, Jonathan Adorno, Malik McGowan, and Tylee Craft. I think I think I got them all. Okay, good job. <laughs>
0: um, all right, great. So, any takeaways? Let's get let's get you know two or three takeaways from what you saw, or what you heard, or what you read.
1: Yeah, so I my biggest of all those, maybe it's the most freshest, and that's why it's the biggest for me. Is Josh Downs' play it was just unbelievable. I mean, to see, I think he had, I think it was nine nine grabs. I think it was um, to have that sort of volume in an All Star game. You know, especially in an All American game is just unreal. You can tell that that he. Um, he must have impressed during practice week because there's there are certain plays that are, were made specifically for him but on top of that he just constantly got open um and made it difficult not to throw the ball to him and then he did some really special things when he had the ball um you know he didn't find the end zone but there were definitely a lot of um yards after the catch with his speed and um and his elusiveness um uh, number 2 Jaquarius Connolly is a guy that I've been you know I guess talking about ad nauseum, um, looked really good in tribal practice, you know, uh, good size, but just moves so well. I'm, I'm convinced he's going to stay at safety. He just moves way too well. Everyone looks at his size, just, just purely just looks at his height and weight and says, Oh, he's going to move the linebacker. He just moves way too well, um, to, to, to keep him at, at uh, um, or, or to move him to linebacker. I mean, at safety, he's going to be an unbelievable player. Uh, even, you know, Coverage is not something that he's experienced in, but he's, he's solid there, and I think that's only going to improve um, with his time at North Carolina. Uh, he, one of the most impressive things was the fact that, that he handled kick returns for, um, in the Under Armour Bowl, um, and I think he averaged something like 31, 31.3 yards a, a, a return, which was great. Uh, I guess the other thing, um, yo, uh, Ray Rose at the, uh, the Shrine Bowl, um you're definitely still raw but um definitely a great athlete um i i'm starting to kind of think a little bit about him potentially moving to defense at some point and i know that that's something that we haven't really discussed too much uh but he just um he has that sort of defensive mentality and maybe that ends up being a huge asset for him as a receiver on offense, but uh, I wouldn't rule out him eventually moving to defense at some point, but still um, great athlete looked really good at the, um, um, in the practices and actually led the North Carolina team in receiving in the Shrine Bowl. Good stuff. Yeah. I mean, Josh
0: Downs stood out to me. And then Conley was invited to one of the a late add to one of the uh, all American games, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. So he, he was at, at it in December because of some
0: injuries. Okay. Good stuff, good stuff. All right, um, let's move on to twenty 2020 twenty cla- 2021 class. You ready? I am ready. Okay, so I'm going to read a submission from a listener listing five of their players. We're going to talk briefly about those players, and Don's going to name one of his top five, right? Yeah. Okay, we're starting from the top here with one of our loyal submitters. Um Hang on one second. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Noah from Korea. <clears throat> All right. He has Peyton Page, Zaire Patterson, Yusuf Mogabel, Power Eccles, and Garrett Neusmeyer.
1: All right. At so quarterback, at quarterback. Yes. Yes. Um, and he's assuming that, that may can't be flipped. Um, I think a lot of people put Peyton Page as, well, at least in their top five, a lot of people put him number one, um. Great player. Um, Moogerville is a guy who I don't get a whole lot of warm and fuzzies for with North Carolina. He's way out there in Murphy, which is actually the hometown. Do you know who that's the hometown of? Murphy? Murphy, North Carolina. I've been there. I don't know who's from there. John
0: Siegley. Golly, (laughs) Do you know what uh, criminal was found in Murphy?
1: (laughs) <laughs> oh, is it? Uh, God, the the one of the bombers. Um, yeah, Eric Rudolph. Eric Rudolph. That's right. The uh,
0: not the Atlanta Olympic bomber, and I think he bombed some other stuff too.
1: Yeah, not yeah.
0: outside a grocery store, going through a dumpster.
1: Guess sounds wonderful. Um, the Nuss, uh, Nussmeyer on there uh, is interesting. Um, obviously, I think Noah wants uh, wants UNC to have a, an elite quarterback, and that's to be expected. I actually spoke to him recently. We'll have a story up on him probably early next week. I don't get a whole lot of. Um, I mean, he, North Carolina is going to be in it. He's going to visit North Carolina again. I just get the sense that uh, LSU or Penn State or one of these other schools might be kind of leading, even though he tries to keep things as close to the vest as possible. Um, so let me um, let me give my number five for for everybody. So my my number five on this list is uh, Keyshawn Silver. I kind of went back and forth between him. And um um and and uh Gabe Stevens, um, just because both of them are, are defensive players who I think would really excel in Jay Bateman's defense. I went with Silver because I just feel like the the you know the sky is the limit for him. He's super raw. And I even though he has a bunch of offers, he has over a dozen offers. He, I feel like he's still under-recruited because he's located in not a, an area that gets a whole lot of exposure. He's only, he's only a three-star on uh, 24-7 sports, but I think that he deserves to be a four-star. Great size, great athleticism. Like I said, he's a little raw, but I think you know, that's something that, could, that obviously um, his technique can be worked on easily with a good coaching staff. So that's why he's, he's my um, number five, and I really think that uh, he would excel in Bateman's defense.
0: Okay, so I'm going to go through some of these players just to familiarize our listeners. Keyshawn Silver is 6'5", 236, three-star uh, defensive end from Rocky Mount, North Carolina. He's ranked number 21 in the state and 351 nationally. Um, seems like a, I think he visited recently. I saw some, uh, something on Twitter about that. And it seems like a guy that UNC's on and has a good chance to land. The Garrett Newsomeyer guy is a quarterback from Texas. Um, number 31 in the state of Texas, 171 nationally, a four-star. So that's one of the guys that, um, was submitted there. Um, and then of course, everybody knows Peyton Page, Zaire Patterson, Power Eccles is the inside linebacker and Yusuf Mugabil is the, uh, guard from Murphy, North Carolina. Okay. All right. So, well, hey, why don't you go ahead and just, uh, Peyton Page is obviously gonna be number one on a lot of these lists. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little about Peyton Page, what's going on there with recruitment, what you think is gonna happen there.
1: Yeah, so he actually came out with a, I think it was a top eleven, maybe about a month or two ago. Uh, Well, he has something like he has over thirty offers, so so getting it down to eleven might not sound like a huge, huge feat, but it was actually very difficult. He told me for him, um, because he had to cut it uh, by a third of, of all of his offers. Right now, he's looking to cut it even further, perhaps to a top five and then officially visit those, those five in the spring and summer. Uh, you got to feel like North Carolina is at least has a chance to, um, to make that top five. But um, schools like Clemson and Georgia um, and Tennessee seem to, to be really strong challengers for him also. The
0: next guy is John from Alexander. He has some similar names on there real quickly. Peyton Page, number one, Drake May. Number two, Will Shipley, the running back. Tony Grimes, number four, the cornerback from Virginia. And against, again, Yosef Mugrabil. Am I saying his name right?
1: Yeah, M- uh, Mugrabil, Muger yep.
0: Okay. All right, anything stand out there you want to talk about?
1: Yeah, um, we'll go with uh, Tony Grimes. Um... You know, just because he's not on my list and he, we haven't talked about him yet. Yeah, unbelievable cornerback. One of the top, if not the top, I don't know what, what uh, 24-7 sports has him as, but definitely one of the top quarterbacks in the, uh, in the nation. Um, Dre Bly has a really good relationship with him and his father, and that's going to keep North Carolina in this. But, I mean, he's being recruited by everybody. Clemson absolutely loves him, and Clemson tends to get guys like that. Um, some other schools are, are really, um, you know, Penn State is a, a really strong challenger for him. Um, so it's it's going to be a battle uh, for North Carolina to uh, to land him, but I think UNC stays in it to the very end because of his relationship with with Dre Bly. Who he's from the t- uh, Tony Grimes is from the Tidewater area, and everybody who's listening hopefully knows that Bly is is a legend in that area, and everybody from the area speaks very high thinks thinks of him as as, as a hometown hero.
0: Yeah, uh, five star, number one player in Virginia, number one cornerback in the nation. Uh, number 10 player nationally from Virginia Beach, class of 2020, 6 foot, 180. Um, this would be a, a good test for Dre Bly's recruiting chops. This is second year, I guess, kind of third recruiting class, second full cycle. Going after one of the best in the nation, Tony Grimes. Um, but obviously, like you said, all the big dogs are in on him. Okay. Uh, Shipley, anything going on there? Uh, it, does, it just doesn't seem like UNC is is really a contender.
1: Yeah so I I think that he's going to come out with his top schools list pretty soon and UNC is kind of on the on the bubble I guess on whether it would make that list or not. He definitely has some interest but yeah you know, he's you know battling with the fact that one he loves Clemson and Clemson loves him. Um his parents and the majority of his family went to NC State so I think state is going to make whatever list then you have schools like Stanford where he really likes he 's a huge academic kid his brother I believe plays lacrosse at um, Penn I believe, so academics are huge to his family um, Northwestern is actually in it Notre Dame is is kind of a dark horse for him so yeah um, it's going to be it's going to be tough for North Carolina to to really even make the top five to be honest and this is actually a good segue for my number four, which is I put it as a running back, elite running back. And I feel like in-state, North Carolina has three elite running backs. One of them is Shipley, who I just talked about. Was a, a, I think, I don't know, Is he He might be a five-star guy now on 24-7 yeah, Sports. Yeah, well, quickly, 5'11", 198,
0: five-star, number two in the state, number one, all-purpose back in the nation, number 21 nationally. So we're talking about an elite prospect there.
1: Yeah, and when all is said and done, I know everybody has Peyton Page, number one. Um, and he's number one right now in the state. It would not surprise me if eventually he uh, Page is surpassed by Will Shipley. But the other two um, elite in-state running backs, to me, Evan Pryor and DeAndre Boykins, I think that it's it's important for North Carolina to, to land at least one of those three. You don't have to land all three. You don't even have to land two of them. But to land one of the, those three would be key. Um, prior is a situation where he's a a truly national recruit just because he's from, he, um, he has family in the West coast. He has already proven to on his own dime, travel to places like Southern Cal and Arizona state and Oregon. So he's going to be very difficult. Boykins, you know, he's, um, he doesn't really care too much about the recruiting process. Doesn't take a whole lot of visits. The fact that his brother ended up, I believe at Charlotte, I think kind of helps, um, the you know because I think if he, if his brother would have ended up at NC State or somewhere else that would have gave those schools an advantage but the fact that he's at Charlotte I think kind of opens the door for schools like North Carolina to to potentially kind of steal him away. Okay, good stuff there.
0: Um, quickly pull up the doc here. All right, um, and this this Mugabill guy. I mean I don't know much about him. I mean it's just that he's in he's in Murphy. Is there anything else we need to know about him?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that the the attraction with him is that he's a big kid who has really good footwork, and and some of that actually stems from the fact that he grew up playing soccer, and I think he was mostly a a, a goaltender, um, and he credits a lot of his footwork from just playing soccer so much growing up, even at a big size, and um, you know he's he's raw, but um, he definitely has the tools necessary to develop into an an elite. Um, offensive lineman, but the thing with him is that he's actually closer to schools like Georgia and Tennessee and and they seem to like him a whole lot and he's visited there more than he's visited North Carolina or state there's been some reports that that the in-state schools are in it I just until he starts making regular visits to those schools I I just I'm not going to buy that right now yeah I mean Murphy
0: is it's like almost two hours maybe an hour and a half from Asheville yeah, so you're talking about you're talking about Asheville's like four hours from Chapel Hill, maybe three and a half hours from Chapel Hill, and you have another um, hour and a half, if not a little bit more, west.
1: I mean, it's anywhere. practically not in North Carolina. I mean, I know that it technically is, but practically isn't.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the very corner of the state. The the common saying, "Murphy to Manio," mm-hmm. it's the, yeah, it's uh, it's five hours and eighteen minutes from Chapel Hill. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty close to Knoxville, and yeah, it's pretty close to Atlanta and Athens. Yeah, yeah well, you know.
1: that's where when I was planning, and and those who have been following in South Carolina for a while know, you know, I, I try to visit. Well, I I end up visiting everyone that UNC offers in the state, and mm. that that was the most difficult one. And the way that I was able to do it, so it wasn't just a complete throwaway trip, uh, because it's so far away, is that I actually. Drop by there on my way back from the Atlanta Nike camp, just because that just made the most sense for me. Otherwise it just, it was literally like a, probably like a night trip, um, you know, stay the night someplace and go there and just kind of waste like a day and a half just to see, you know, um, this offensive lineman who probably is going to end up somewhere else. So that, um, so yeah, so going to Atlanta um, made the most sense for me, which is crazy. You know what's nuts what is nuts? Name, name, name some of the S- SEC schools closer to Murphy than Chapel Hill is to Murphy. Uh, Georgia. Georgia. Tennessee. Yeah. I feel like there's one that I'm not thinking of that, that you just noticed. I don't know. I give uh, up.
0: Auburn's closer. Wow. Alabama's closer. Wow. Columbia is definitely closer. Nashville is way closer. Nashville's three hours and 43 minutes away. Yeah, Lexington, Kentucky's closer. So there's at least six or seven SEC schools closer to Murphy than Chapel Hill is to Murphy. Tells you how far away it is. Yeah, and that All goes right. back
1: to my, my, my statement about the fact that it's technically in North Carolina, but it really isn't. <laughs> okay,
0: okay. <laughs> moving on. We got John Doe from Venus, one of our listeners uh, that does not live on the planet Earth. He has Power Eccles, Peyton Page, Javari Ritzy, Will Shipley, And Tony Grimes, I think this is a good chance to talk about Power Eccles.
1: Yeah, um, Eccles is—he's a ready-made linebacker. You know, he's kind of you know on the on the shorter side, very stalky. But I mean, he's a hitter um, and um, very instinctive. Uh, He's kind of your your traditional Mike linebacker, um, where where you you put him out there, he's going to lead your defense. He's going to fire them up with his hits. Um, Very passionate. He actually his well, Vance High School's defense practically won well yeah, won their the, the the state championship in the highest classification in North Carolina, and he was the best player on that defense, if that says anything about, about his abilities. So, um this gives I guess a good opportunity for me to go to my number three if if you are ready. Okay, so wait, your number one was the first so, number five was who? Was Keyshawn Silver. Okay, and then what was your number four? My number four was an elite running back which was either Will Shipley, Evan Pryor, or DeAndre Boykins.
0: Gotcha. You named Okay, I gotcha.
1: My number three three is going to be short and sweet, Peyton Page. Um, We've talked about Peyton Page. The reason why I threw him on there is just because I think it's important for North Carolina to take that next step is to land the top guy in the state. Right now, he is that guy. But also, I mean, he's an unbelievable talent. Uh, he's just massive human being but moves so well. It's unbelievable. You can't really appreciate it. You look at his, his size on paper, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's impressive. He's listed as 6'4", uh, 315 pounds. But you can't really appreciate it until you see it in person, and you really appreciate it when you're in a building with him. I remember him walking. I, I've seen him in camp settings, and the first time I went to a school to interview him, he came walking into the doorway. I didn't know if he was going to fit through the doorway, both <laughs> both wide and height. I mean, he's just a massive human, human being. And then he sits in the chair across from me and just completely just eats up the chair. I mean, he's just <laughs> a huge kid. I can't imagine the difficulties of being that size. But yet when you see him on the football field, he moves so incredibly well. That's a lot of, um, that's because of his uh, basketball background. Growing up, he thought he was going to be a, a basketball star. And he was a solid basketball player, but... You don't see a whole lot of 6'4", 315-pound um, basketball players. Okay, and it's back to Power Eccles quickly. Uh, number twenty two
0: eleven in the nation, number 11 in the state of North Carolina, four-star guy from Vance High School, 6'1", 206. We're talking about the, you know out of, the top five, out of the top ten in the state, and he's still a four-star. Tells you the, the amount of talent there is in the state. And we've talked about him before in the podcast, and UNC is in a good spot for him, correct?
1: Yes. Yes. So um, the last time we caught up with him was right after he attended the UNC and Clemson game. And prior to that, the week prior to that, uh, Clemson was his leader. Clemson actually didn't have any room for him um, and uh, kind of told him they weren't ready to take his commitment. He didn't take too kindly to that visit North Carolina, came out of that visit, listing UNC as his leader. Um, obviously that's that's a good sign. The one thing I want to mention, you mentioned how deep this class is. We actually have done a bunch of stories on that. So definitely are not this week's weekly scoop, but this weekly scoop before the holiday break, we kind of broke that down. You in I'm sorry, and uh North Carolina, the state of North Carolina, has a record 17 players in 247's top two four seven. Uh it's just incredible. So guys like Keyshawn Silver, who's a three-star, is actually a really good player. Uh, but it's just such a deep and talented class that that he's going to be overlooked because of uh, the other guys in the state.
0: Okay, moving on. Uh, Mac from Majuro. seems like a new new submitter mm-hmm. uh, Peyton page, Tony Grimes, will Shipley, Gavin Blackwell, and Zaire Patterson. Let's talk about Blackwell and Patterson, two guys we have not talked about yet. Gavin Blackwell, he is a four-star, the number 85 nationally ranked player, number four in the state, number 14 wide receiver in the nation, 5'11 and a half, 164 from Sun Valley High School, which is the same high school as Sam Howe. What can you tell us about Gavin Blackwell?
1: Yeah, so I think what needs to be mentioned is that him and Sam Howe aren't just former teammates. Uh, Hal really kind of took Blackwell under his wing as Blackwell's recruitment started up. And there was a lot of situations where Hal actually introduced Blackwell to to coaches. I know that Hal introduced Blackwell to me, telling me that Blackwell was going to be the next great player to come out of uh, Sun Valley. Um, So I think that connection is so strong, it's going to be difficult for another school to, to beat it out. Even with that said, UNC's kind of in the dogfight with Ohio State and LSU, um, and even I think Penn State's kind of sort of in there too. Um, those schools have really kind of um, grabbed his attention, um, but I think North Carolina's in, in great spot for him. You want to give a little introduction to um, yeah. Patterson? Yeah, Zaire Patterson, 6'6", 215,
0: four-star, number 285 nationally, number 17 weak side defensive end, number 17 in North Carolina, He's from Winston-Salem and goes to Winston-Salem Prep, which I didn't know existed.
1: Yeah, it's a very small school, and their, um, their team, I've gone to a couple of their practices, and they probably have like 13 to 15 kids on their roster. And I'm not I'm not uh, exaggerating with that. They play? Uh, they play a lot of smaller schools. They play 1A ball. They played East um, Surrey in uh, the playoffs. Um, and I believe they may have played... Easter is a team with with Jefferson Boez and Stephen Gosnell um, and Isaac Washington and all that. Um, but yeah, so they play they play one A schools um, very very so, schools similar in size to them. Okay, what's going on with him
0: and his recruitment? What he brings?
1: Well, his um, he's kind of getting close to the very end of his recruitment. He he told me back in November that he was down to North Carolina, South Carolina, and Clemson. He had a, he had a school in mind that he was looking to commit to. And was kind of in the process of setting up a date uh, of when he wanted to um, make a commitment, and and I he didn't say who that was. Um, I feel like North Carolina has a really good shot of um, of kind of landing him. So, um, what you ready for my number two, or do you want to want to give another submission?
0: Let's just do. Let's give another one. Move along here. All right, Mo from Nutley, is that right? I I suppose. Wonder where Nutley is. All right, Peyton Page, Power Eccles, Drake May, Gavin Blackwell, and Evan Pryor. What's Evan Pryor? I haven't heard his name before.
1: Well, he's a running back that we. Oh, um, you mentioned him. Yeah, you mentioned him. Okay, Um,
0: and he's the one that he's a national recruit. You mentioned.
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah he he's truly going to be recruited nationwide and going to consider nation nationwide schools. Okay, let's hear your uh, fourth second player. All right, my second player is Javari Ritzy, and he's he's a four-star guy um, and will fit great in Bateman's defense, but the reason why I have him this high and I have him on my list, period, is because I think it's important, if you want to land a great in-state class, it's important to find out who are the quote-unquote leaders within the state. And what I mean by that, there are certain guys in the state who kind of attract the other recruits and, you know, very active on um, on social media, very active reaching out to guys, uh, very active when they are on visits, talking to the other recruits. And I believe Ritzy is that guy. If you see him at visits at North Carolina or at uh, showcase camps, he's or, or other recruiting events, he's the guy that the the other recruits, seem to always gravitate to. And I think really if you want to do well in state, landing a kid like that will help with that because he's going to help recruit. And when a a school – when a recruit sees him commit to North Carolina or any school, I think that's going to help that school's chances.
0: Okay, good stuff. And he's uh, number 164 in the nation, number 10 strong side defensive end, number 10 in-state prospect uh, from Kernersville. He's six, three and a half, two sixty-five. So you play on the defensive line. I'm assuming correct. Yes. Yep. Okay. Okay. Moving along here, Don uh, Mac from Majuro. Wait, we did that one already. Sorry. My bad. Yes. Um, John from Charleston, Peyton Page, Drake May, Evan Pryor, Gavin Blackwell, and Power Eccles. We've talked about everybody on there, but drake may is there anything new about drake may i've heard some stuff on the, on the message board about you know there's so much time between now and sign day that UNC's is gonna have a chance of flipping
1: yeah so i might as well just give my number one because my number one is drake may and we yeah. we can still do some more submissions after that um but yeah so my number one is drake may for the probably the same reasons that john has mentioned he said the optics of flipping him from bama would be big and I, and i agree with that i think that and, and there was this kind of Big debate on the Ask Don thread about um, my thoughts on the whole Drake May situation. I don't think it's great optics right now that you have a legacy um, who's not only you know his dad played there, his brother played basketball, Carolina. He has other family members who attended Carolina. Um, And he's one of the top uh, players in, in the state. Uh, but you actually had a conver- you did an interview with Drake May at the, oh, yeah. the the Showtime camp so you can kind of jump in on this but one of the main reasons why he was kind of has not well did not choose North Carolina but chose Alabama was because he does not view North Carolina as a football school and i think it's 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 not a good look for North Carolina and this is something that they that the program needs to kind of um change th- that perception in order for it to get to that next level of, of being, of constantly competing for ACC championships. You, when you spoke to him, what were kind of your, I mean, you know how it is. We, they give you, um, the kid gives you actual quotes. You write down those quotes, you write the story, but there's a lot of things, the way he says things, the, the conversation you had before and after the interview that you kind of pick up. What were some of the, the I guess, the, those sort of cues that you picked up? Yeah,
0: I mean, he was very positive about UNC and how they're recruiting him. But yeah, I mean, the one quote that stood out is that he wanted a, a big time football experience. That I remember, um, he said he had a great relationship with 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 Coach Brown and Longo, and you noticed Longo and some of the offensive coaches talking with him and his family a lot. And I believe Luke May was also at that event, um, mm-hmm. so it was a family affair. I know um, Mark May was there as, as well. But, yeah, I think a couple of weeks later he committed to Alabama, if I remember correctly.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and the thing with that was um, supposedly Alabama kind of put the squeeze to him. Um, what that means is Alabama said, hey, look, we have some guys who are ready to commit. And if you want this spot, you need to commit pretty soon because once one of these other guys commits, we're done for the 21 yeah. class at the quarterback position. And Drake felt so strongly about Alabama, he decided to to jump on, on that offer. Um, yeah. And and quarterbacks usually kind of
0: – they have to get that spot early, and sometimes they come off the board earlier than others, sometimes not. And a school like Bama has the clout they can kind of do that to certain recruits and just say, hey, if you want a spot, take it now or you're not going to get it.
1: Yeah. And, and the thing, too, about Drake is that in addition to all the other stuff, the, the legacy stuff being one of the top recruits, his – well, really, I guess any any quarterback that North Carolina lands – in this, in the twenty one class, it kind of fits perfectly for the timeline with Sam Howell because when they enroll, it will be you. You, you basically you assume that they would redshirt, which would be Hal's junior season. And if Hal leaves early, then you'd have a great chance to become the um, the starting quarterback during your redshirt freshman season. If he doesn't, then you just have another you just you have another year to kind of play. Behind Hal, and then have still have three full years of being a starter at North Carolina, which is really a, a great situation for for a quarterback.
0: But you'll be competing with the uh, 2020 guy. Yes, um, Jacoby Cresswell. Yeah, his name already escapes me. Already moved on. Um, and and what's great? I mean, he, at Alabama, he'll be competing with a guy who just committed uh, mm-hmm. and signed with Alabama, who's really really good from from California. You know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, uh, Bryce Young, who Bryce actually. Young, yeah won the I believe he won the MVP of the of the the All-American Bowl. Uh he was the uh starting quarterback for the West team. Um started the game with a touchdown pass. Had I think he had at least one more afterwards. But had a great game. Um really good player. So yeah, and, and there's other other quarterbacks on that roster. Uh Tua's brothers on that roster also um that you're going to be competing with. So it's it's not going to be an easy task winning that starting job
0: yeah wherever you go you're gonna to have to compete um unless there's just like a it was pretty set up for how to grab a starting job at UNC but I mean he did have to compete as well but um he won it okay um moving on here we'll, so you've done your top five we'll run through a couple here and then get out of here um we won't we won't do them all but let's first mention our top our top five for next episode um We may start doing every other week i'm not sure about scheduling um just kind of as as recruiting slows down a little bit. We may do every other week, but um we'll kind of do it as as news comes but Don, you messaged me during this podcast to do our top five what do you what, what, what do you want to do our top five for next time?
1: Well, I actually think it was your idea, but um from, from a before. long time ago yeah, from a long time ago um top five cereals. <laughs>
0: A little lighter topic than, uh, than a football-related one. Yeah, we'll do top five cereals, breakfast cereals. Uh, that's a favorite. I think people could take that in any direction they want to. Top five breakfast cereals. Submit those to Don on Twitter, on
1: Inside Carolina, or through email. What's your email, Don? Don at InsideCarolina.com. It's probably the easiest email that you'll ever have to remember. Other than Ben at InsideCarolina.com. That's, that's true. That's true. Okay, moving
0: on. Um, all right, Cedric. Well, we got Edward from Mars. He has Peyton Page, Power Eccles, Gavin Blackwell. Hood, that's the quarterback, Caleb Hood, right? Yes. Silver and Ritzy, I think we've talked about both of them. What's going on with Caleb Hood? He might be the one of the quarterback guys for this class, correct?
1: Well, yeah, so he's kind of an athlete guy, but he stars at quarterback for one of the top football programs in, in the state of North Carolina, um, unbelievable athlete, his, uh, spark rating, um, from last years or last summer's, um, a Nike camp, um, is unbelievable. Um, I personally think that he fits better at another position, but you know, he's from a recruiting standpoint, he, you know, his, his dad obviously played at Carolina, um, very strong ties to UNC. He attended almost every home game this past season And um, has he hasn't come out and actually said North Carolina is his leader, but he kind of has. And he has also made reference to points in his recruitment where he's considered actually making the commitment. So I think for him, it's only a matter of time for him to commit to UNC um, and the position stuff will kind of figure itself out. It probably won't figure itself out until he's actually on campus and and practicing with the team.
0: What position would he play if he didn't play quarterback?
1: I think. I lean towards safety, but right. I'm you know, I could see running back, I could see him bulking up even more and playing linebacker. I mean, he's just an unbelievable athlete. I, I would I would love to see him in a camp setting where they have him perform different um drills in different positions to kind of get a better grasp of, of what he is.
0: Okay. Cedric from Atlanta said so this was really hard for him. Drake May, Peyton Page, Evan Pryor, Gavin Blackwell, and then Kareen,
1: Kameen Kamen. Marley,
0: Kameen Marley, Power Eccles. Kameen Marley, what's going on with him?
1: Yeah, he's an interesting guy because um, he's a little bit all over the place when um, when you talk to him, um, and I don't know if, if his recruitment as far as the race has been set yet because he hasn't. Uh, he's getting offers, but he hasn't made a whole lot of visits out of state. Um, and, uh, you know, he's another kid where we think he's a wide receiver, but he might end up playing something else. I could see him as a, maybe an outside linebacker sort of thing. He's just a really big athlete, um, has made a, quite a few visits to North Carolina, but I, I wouldn't take that as a sign that North Carolina is in any sort of lead. I think NC state's definitely in this also. And I really think there's a chance for another, for an out-of-state school to kind of come in and, and really, um, really impress them.
0: Okay. Easton Randolph high school. Number one seventeen in the nation, so pretty top, uh, pretty highly rated recruit. Number eleven athlete listed an athlete number seven in North Carolina. Okay, how many more do you want to do, Don?
1: Uh, let's let's do let's do. We got to do Ding Dong. Okay,
0: we'll do three more. All right, all right. Ding Dong from Orange County, California. He has Shipley, Eccles, Yusuf, Mugabell, Peyton Page, Tony Grime. And Javari Ritzy, I think he listed six. And we've talked about all those guys. All right, um, all right. Let me try to find someone who we have not talked about. Okay, Jack Holyfield, Power Eccles, Will Shipley, Evan Pryor, and
1: Peyton why don't we Page. just just start that one over? Because you got to say Ben in Chapel Hill. Okay, three, two, one. Ben in Chapel Hill,
0: Jack Holyfield, Power Eccles, Will Shipley, Evan Pryor, and Peyton Page. The guy we haven't talked about here is, is Jack Holyfield. What's going on with him?
1: Yeah, I well, right now he does not have a committable offer from North Carolina, um, so I I don't ex- unless something unforeseen occurs. I don't expect him to be really an option because North Carolina doesn't want him to be an option right now. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean he's he's a bigger athlete than than his brother. Um, I think the problem with him for North Carolina and some other schools is what position is he? He played defensive line early in his high school career, moved out to um, linebacker to take over his brother's vacancy and actually has put up some really good numbers tackle wise, uh, not this past year, but the year before that he had an unbelievable one-handed uh, interception in Keenan stadium, no less, uh, where he returned it, I believe for a touchdown, for, like 75 yard or something like that. But I, I think yeah, he goes to Virginia Tech so often, even if UNC offers and puts the full court press on him, I find it difficult that for North Carolina to um to be able to to steal him away unless you know you have a guy like Gunnar Brewer on your staff who has a really good relationship with, with that family, and that's just not the case anymore. Okay. Good stuff. Um all right. Josh from Chapel Hill has a couple of
0: different names I haven't heard of. Nate Hampton, a quarterback. Evan Pryor, Tony Grimes. Landon Tingwell, who is a offensive tackle, Peyton Page. So, Nate Hampton, new name for me. He's from Moxville, North Carolina. Kind of a low-ranked guy, 763 quarterback, pro-style, number 42 in the state. Is there interest there between UNC and him?
1: Well, UNC hasn't offered him. And I think Josh is – and he kind of says this is, – is that um, – you know, he wants a quarterback in this class, and he wants the quarterback to be from in-state, and that's what Hampton is. Um, he, I don't know if he fits UNC's system. He's kind of a um, true pro-style quarterback with not a whole lot of um, mobility, maybe at the high school level he does, but not on the college level. He wouldn't be able to do what North Carolina wants him to do uh, movement-wise. I know I know, Sam Howe didn't actually run a whole lot this season, but he scrambled a whole lot in that backfield and and create a lot of um time for his receivers which i'm not sure that hampton uh is capable of doing
0: okay and then the landon tingwell a he's an elite guy number a five star number five office tackle in the nation number one player in the state of maryland number 28 overall 6'6 300 is there is there interest there any traction with unc and tingwell
1: well unc offered him But uh, back in September, I believe, he narrowed his list down to Michigan, Notre Dame, and Penn State. A lot of people assume that he's going to end up at Penn State. So um, I guess you can keep him on a wish list because you you can wish for him. But he's not coming to North Carolina, has never visited UNC, (laughs) and UNC hasn't been an an option for him um, for, for quite some time. All right, wish we had that minute back.
0: All right, and Jane Doe, last one, Jane Doe from Saturn. As we knock off all the planets in the solar system, Peyton Page Nesbit. I don't know who that is. Do you know?
1: Yes. First name: Bryson. Bryson okay.
0: Nesbit. Bryson Nesbit. Power Eccles, Evan Pryor, and he said a QB. So he said May is preferred option there. Who is this Nesbit guy?
1: All right. Nesbit is actually a little bit of a late bloomer uh, relative to the way the recruiting calendar is nowadays. Uh, he was, I believe, it was late, late, late. September, I think it was like September 30th. He received his first scholarship offer, and then it just kind of just blew up from there. First offer was LSU, uh, UNC was I think his second or third offer. In-state guy, um, whose his dad played football at South Carolina and his mom played soccer at South Carolina, uh, has visited North Carolina, I believe once, um, and his is keeping an open mind to um, to the whole recruiting process. At least that's what he says um, publicly. You got to think privately. South Carolina has some sort of advantage. He also has visited Clemson a bunch, even though the Tigers haven't offered him. Um, he's a guy I know the staff is really high on. Um, definitely, you know, he has a basketball background. He's actually being recruited for basketball, but really good size, really good athleticism. Definitely a tight end who could have a similar impact as like an Eric Ebron, who is a you know essentially a bigger bigger wide receiver who you list as a tight end who can block a little bit, but for the most part, you want him going down the field and creating mismatches. And that's what type of player Nesbitt is. Good stuff. Did you cover uh, Ebron's recruitment? I did. I unfortunately have been um, covering football recruiting for 15 years.
0: What was covering Ebron like?
1: Ebron was awesome. He's probably one of my all-time favorite um, recruits, um, and we, um, I, I, had a really, really good, I still have a really good relationship with him now, which is, which is great, which I don't, usually I lose touch with a lot of these guys, but the thing that I remember from him is that, so, um, we, I had to meet up with him, uh, for something. I can't remember what it was. And I had called him and he didn't answer. So I went about my day was running errands. This was when my daughter was really, really little. And, um, so she was with me. He called me back said hey let's meet up at this mcdonald's i said i have my daughter with me and he's like oh man don't worry i love kids so we we met up at mcdonald's um and uh played with my daughter and all that sort of stuff uh, and she has no idea um even though i tell her all the time every time i see him on tv you know uh, we we shared a, a uh um a mcflurry with 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 that guy <laughs> right. so but awesome unbelievable personality his mom was awesome Um, definitely one of my all-time favorite recruits to cover. There
0: you go. Story time with Don. Can't beat it. All right. That's going to be it for us. Um, hopefully you got a good picture of some of the top targets in the 2021 class. You heard who a lot of UNC fans want. You heard who Don is kind of thinking UNC has a good chance to get and some of the top guys they are going after. Um, and of course we're going to spend... The next year until December, talking about this 2021 class and all the ebbs and flows, all the
1: commitments, decommitments. Anything
0: to add, Don?
1: No, I, I, I um, I definitely feel exhausted. Like we did go through a bunch of information, so hopefully, that's what uh, people feel like after they, um, they listen to this.
0: Yeah, and I mean, what I just did. I mean, I looked up all these players. So if you have a time and you don't know this class very well, spend some time and, and look at the list North Carolina players, UNC targets, UNC offers, and, and explore these names as we, we dive into this class. Don's been doing that for two or two years now, and, and some of the maybe outside recruiting fans are just starting to get into 2021. All right, that's it for us, and uh, we'll talk to you next time.
1: Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.